to go to the cross, and I was healed, and I am healed. So I am. Amen? So let's read. Let's go through Psalms 103, 1 through 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We've, we've gone over this every week. Forget not all his benefits. He said, don't forget my benefits. Why did he tell us that? Because we forget his benefits. There's a whole lot of benefits associated with the blood of Jesus. Don't forget them. He says, who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Now, the first part there, who, who forgives all your iniquities? Nobody forgets that. Everybody that's a born-again believer, they definitely believe that he forgives all your iniquities. And some people struggle with it and have a hard time receiving it, and they struggle with it for years, just like some people struggle with uh, receiving healing. But don't forget that second part there, who heals all your diseases. All means all, every bit of it. Don't leave out none of the good part. That's a good part. Why are we preaching on healing? Because there's a lot of sick people. Have you ever been down to the emergency room? Have you, there's a lot of people gathered together in the emergency room waiting to get in there. Why? Because they don't have enough room because there's more people than doctors, nurses, and beds. There's a lot of sick people. Have you noticed the hospitals in Birmingham, they keep adding on to the hospitals? Why? To get more people in there. Why? Because there's more sick people. So do we need to hear about healing? Absolutely. Absolutely we do. Praise the Lord. I know I'm going to heaven, but I don't want to live out the rest of my days sick here on earth. I want to live the life that God intended for me to live, and I fully believe, and the Scripture tells us, and that's why I believe it, that we're supposed to be healed. By his stripes we were healed, past tense. If we were healed, I am healed. I mean, I was healed, and if I was healed, I am healed. Amen. So, don't forget that part. Don't leave out that part, that good part right there, who heals all your diseases. So Friday night, Friday afternoon after work, I mean, my, my buddy Scott, we jumped in the, uh, the razor. We went to the woods just to ride for a little while, a few hours, just to you get out there in the woods. Your cell phone doesn't work, and nobody's calling about work, and... There's, there's just, just you and trees and just just out in nature, right? So it's good to get out every now and then and just do whatever you enjoy doing. That's what I like to do. And so we're out there riding. And I reflected back on the night and uh, what we talked about. Very little. We talked about work a little bit. Basically, I said, yeah, I'm really busy. And he said, yeah, he's busy. And um, But we, we had conversations about the Lord and about the things of God and just kind of going back and forth. But I noticed as the night went on, we got about 30 minutes from being back home, which is almost midnight. We didn't talk a lot because we were tired. <laughs> it's past our bedtime. We, we go to bed like 8.30, you know, 9. But that's what happens when you where you work hard all day. So all y'all stay up late, that tells me you ain't working hard all day. But uh, anyway... <clears throat> When I got back home from riding, see, Scott had brought me this Boston butt that he had smoked. And it was in the cooler on the counter. And me and him just got like a little bit before he left and sampled it. I was like, yeah, that's pretty good right there. So um, the boys are on the couch, and he said, what y'all need to do is open it up. And he told them how to do it so they wouldn't make a mess and everything. And then, of course, Jackie come in there to a big mess. So he was, they weren't even halfway listening. So I was in the woods thinking, those boys aren't going to eat that Boston butt. So I'm thinking about it for hours. Actually, I'm thinking, 
when I get home, <laughs> I'm fixing to tear into that thing. You're talking about a midnight snack. So I get home, and I go in the house, and I open the cooler, and I pull back the foil, and I'm like, what in the... They devoured it like a pack of wolves. <laughs> Left me a bunch of fat and gristle. <clears throat> but down under the, in the bottom of that fat and gristle, just submerged in all the juice, you know, because it was in aluminum foil, I found some meat. And I made me a little, enough to probably make a plate, you know, and I ate it. It was absolutely d delicious. And I was thinking to myself, <clears throat> they just jumped and ate what was on top, but down on the bottom, under all that fat and gristle and all that juice, that was the good. That was the good stuff. Saying how quick, how quick. I was thinking in my mind how quick we are in life to overlook the, the good stuff. In other words, we can overlook this word right here. And Sid was talking about building your house on the sand or on the rock. And the rock is the word of God. Building your house on the word, the whole word, the entire word. And uh, just so many times we overlook things. Amen? Don't overlook the good stuff. I don't want you to overlook the rest of Psalms 103 right here. I want you to get the full treatment. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. That's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the God we serve. It's been provided to us by way of the cross. So in my years, I've talked to people about healing. I had discussions with people about healing and uh, probably a long list, but a lot of times the main three or four here, people say they just don't know if it's God's will or not. I believe God can. I believe he's able, but I'm just really not sure if it's God's will. Well, we've looked through scriptures where you can see it is God's will. Many scriptures that says it's God's will. It's not God's will ever for you to be sick, to be broke, busted, and disgusted. That's not God's will. Blessings come from heaven. Uh, is a sickness a blessing? Well, I know. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, that we live life and live it to the fullness to have life more abundantly. And who is it that kills, steals, and destroys? It's the thief. So it's, it's definitely God's will for us to be healthy. Think about it. If we're supposed to go forth and preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick and build his church, can you do it if you're sick? If you're sick at home, somebody's at home taking care of you, he absolutely wants us to be healthy. It's part of redemption. It's part of salvation, actually. Salvation is a mighty big word. You look it up and study it. But people say, not knowing if it's God's will. And I've heard people say, well, not sure if it's really for us today. They believed it was at one time, but not really sure if it is today. And not real sure. And I had one friend tell me one time, he said, I think some people um, do have the power. Um, the power to heal or the power to receive healing. That's just, you know, a thought that was in his mind. And here's a common one right here is, uh, I've been too bad. I believe God can, but I've just been too bad. Well, whatever level of your badness is not greater than the blood of Jesus, I can tell you. That's like saying my sin's greater than the blood. There's nothing more, there's nothing more greater than the blood. The blood trumps it all. Amen. So, let's get into the Word here. Let's get into more of the Word. Uh, I want to read from you, read, read to you from Mark, the 11th chapter, starting in the 23rd verse. This is Jesus. He says, For surely I say to you, whoever says of this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, and he will have whatever he says. Now, 
let's, let's look at this. Let's slow down a little bit. He says, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. So you have to speak to the mountain. It is important what you say, or Jesus wouldn't have said whoever says to this mountain. Whoever says to this mountain. Be removed and be cast into the sea. What is the mountain? The mountain comes in a lot of shapes, forms, sizes, different things, marriage, sickness, uh, finances. Boy, there's a lot of mountains. Have you ever faced a mountain? Well, sure, we've all faced mountains. You'll face another one. Keep breathing. There's a lot of mountains out there. Satan, he wakes up every morning looking for somebody to, uh, to attack and to, to, to wreak havoc on. We live in a fallen world. There's a lot of mountains. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says, emphasis on says, don't doubt in your heart, but you believe. Those things which you say will be done. He will have whatever he says. Notice that the believing in your heart and the speaking with your mouth comes before the having. Because it says he will have whatever he says after he believes and after he speaks. That's how you got saved. You believed it. You spoke it. You got saved. You received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Actually, it's so simple that you have to try hard to mess it up. So we think that applies to salvation, uh, to, to forgiveness of sins, but it doesn't apply to other areas of your life or it doesn't apply to healing. Well, sure. It says, uh, to be removed, to be cast in, those things which will be done, what are things? Well, he'll have whatever he says, what's a whatever. Let's keep reading. Um, so that doesn't apply to everyone. Well, does prayer apply to everyone? Well, absolutely. 24th verse, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you what? When you pray. Does prayer apply to everyone? Prayer applies to everyone. That's how I got saved. That's how you got saved. I prayed. I asked Jesus to come into my heart. I accepted him as my personal Lord and Savior. I confessed it with my mouth. I pray all sorts of things all the time, every day. Pray for people. Pray for myself. Thank the good Lord for what he's already provided for me. Just in prayer, we pray. That's how you communicate with God. You pray. You pray. Prayer is for everyone. So therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, whatever thing you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you will have them. So once again there, you believe that you receive it and then you'll have it. If you wait till you receive it, then to believe it, that's not faith. Patrick just gave me $100. Somebody gave him a hundred to give me that owed me a hundred, okay? I don't have to believe that that thing's in my wallet because I've already received it. It's back there. It's folded up and tucked away. I already received it. Y'all following me? No faith required. Zero faith. I know it's there. What faith is is believing before you receive it. And it says you're going to have to believe it, speak it. You believe it, then you receive it. The believing and the speaking comes before the receiving. Praise the Lord. Um, gaining what you desire through prayer here. But don't get sidetracked and say, uh, just whatever you desire. In other words, what you desire, what you speak, your words, what you're speaking has to line up with the word of God. In other words, I'm not the creator. I mean, I can't speak with my mouth that I'm going to create a new universe out there somewhere. Or that I'm going to recreate something. I'm not the creator. 
You're not the creator. There's only one creator. What we have to do is get our words to line up with his words. Because he's the creator. So you get your words to line up with his words. Um, what you desire, you know, people, I guess you can misinterpret that or say, oh, you just think you can say any other thing you want. No, I don't think that at all. I think your words have to line up with his words. I think that we're not asking for anything or speaking anything and, and praying anything that doesn't belong to us, only what's already been given to us. All these things have already been provided to us by what? Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Amen. Now, in Psalms 37, chapter 4, verse, you don't have to turn there, but I just want to show you, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delighting yourself in the Lord. People skip out on praise and worship. You don't need to skip out on praise and worship. That's your opportunity to give back to the Lord. You need to delight yourself in the Lord in everything you do. It's not a, it's not a I got to, it's I get to. Not a have to, it's a I want to. Amen. But delighting yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So you can say, well, whatever I desire in my heart, he's going to give me. Well, do your desires line up with his word? So you can interpret that another way, that he's actually going to put your desires into your heart. He's going to put desire into your heart. Because, see, before I started living for the Lord, I had some desires in my heart, and I can tell you that didn't line up with the Word of God. I didn't pray that he would give them to me because I knew that he's not going to give me something that was totally against the Word of God. It was sin. But I, there's things I desired. There's things I thought was fun that I went out and did. That was desires of my heart. But you know what? When I uh, gave my life to Christ and started getting into the Word, you know what? That desire started changing. And it started changing. And it started changing. And it kept changing. And all of a sudden now the desire that's in my heart, it's not Red's desire. God's put the desire in my heart. To preach the gospel, to lay hands on the sick, to preach this word right here to you and anybody else that are listening, and to be generous, to be kind, to help people do things for people, to be a good father, be a good husband, just to be a good human being in general, to build my house on the rock. And the desires change. Do you understand? Has anybody ever in here ever had bad desires? I'm the only one. Well, well I guess you can't relate then. I don't see any changes. Uh, as a young man I talked to once, and he said, well, I prayed that prayer, and well, it just didn't work. I didn't see any changes, and it didn't work. Believe that you receive them, then you'll have them. Believe that you receive them. If you gave up on it, well, you didn't believe because you don't give up on something you believe in. You don't give up on somebody you believe in. If you really believe in it, you don't give up. Do you really believe in it? Do you really believe in this work? Can anything knock you off this word? No. Nothing's going to knock me off this word. Um, see, if, you, if you're thinking that way, if you're saying, I don't see any changes, I don't, you know, this doesn't appear to be working, you're, you're, you're living and you're speaking, you're basing things off a head, not a heart. Off a of head knowledge and not a heart knowledge. Because what I'm talking about is believing in your heart, not in your head. There's professors that teach at colleges that know scriptures, top, front, sideways, different languages, know way more than I've ever, they forgot more than I know. But they're preaching with a head knowledge. Think about the Pharisees and the scribes, the teachers of the law, head knowledge, not a heart knowledge. We've got to get into their heart. 
And like I said, believe before, not after. Anybody can believe after. Amen? When the sun goes down tonight, well, it's not going to be hard to believe it's dark. But I'm believing right now the sun's going to go down tonight. I'm not sure if it's going to come up tomorrow, though. In fact, I hope Jesus comes back tonight and they don't come up tomorrow. I'm ready to go on to heaven. I mean, I don't want to die prematurely and leave my family behind. But I'm, talking, I'm just ready for Jesus to come back and take the church. Amen. Get the, let's blow this popsicle stand. Amen. Well, there's things I want to do here. You, there's a lot better things to do in heaven than here. You know, there's baseball there, too. Guarantee it. This makes no sense whatsoever at all. I'm going to believe, I'm going to speak it. I'm believing it. I'm speaking it before I see it. If I pray and believe, then I'll have those things outside of prayer. But that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. In fact, that's not even good common sense. These are things I've heard before. But look in Isaiah, the 55th chapter, the ninth verse. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your heights. Yeah, it's above common sense. It's way above common sense. Amen. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but the, the water, uh, water the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. That's you and me. Aren't you glad that you're a sower? The seed belongs to you. The bread, are you an eater? I like bread, especially with butter. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall never return void. Y'all hear me say this often, that God's word goes forth and doesn't return void. How do I know that? Because the scripture says it and I believe it. And I believe when my words line up with his words and I'm speaking his words over my life, you're speaking his word over your life, that it's going to go forth it's not going to return void because it says it won't. And I believe it. Believe every word on every page, even the back cover. It says genuine leather. I even believe that. I believe all of it. Do I believe that Jonah got swallowed by a whale? Absolutely. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. The ark had all them animals on it. Does that even make any sense? I mean, I mean let's be real. Yeah, I believe it. Because the word says it, and I believe it. So you got to make your mind up. I'm going to believe it, regardless of what anybody says, what they think. How many rocks they throw at you? You're going to believe it. I'm not walking by sight, but I'm 100% walking by faith in this word right here. Amen. So the heavens are above the earth. His ways are higher. Yeah. Well, you know what? It don't always make sense. If I walked by what, I'm, what I thought made sense... Um, I'd probably killed a few people already in my lifetime. I mean, seriously. If I walked by a head knowledge or what I thought or what made sense to me, and if, you, if everybody did that, what kind of world would we live in? It'd be a pretty crazy place. Well, in fact, a lot of people are doing that right now, actually. It is a kind of a crazy place. But um, it's not a common sense thing. It's not a head thing. It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. And our words have to line up with his words. I need y'all to wake up and be alert and pay attention to what I'm telling you. Our words have to line up with his words. When you're speaking doubt and fear and negativity, your words aren't lining up with his words. When you say, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed, and 30 minutes later you're saying, oh, I don't know if that's going to work. Oh, I feel terrible. Oh, I know the, what the word says, but. You understand? 
That's not standing in faith. We're walking by faith, walking by faith, walking by faith, not by sight. Well, I can see plainly that it doesn't look good. Well, I know that's where faith comes in. Amen. That's when they call it faith, um, walking by faith. And people will criticize you by walking in faith. I remember one time when I was a young man, I didn't even really understand a lot about faith. And, but I know this man that went to the doctor. And he had, his wife wanted him to go to the doctor, so he went to the doctor. Nothing wrong with doctors. I've been to a many of them. And, uh, you know, just last summer, I just tore myself up real bad and had to get plates and screws put in my arm. Doctor helped bolt it all back together. But uh, any good doctor will tell you that's all he can do is operate on you and he can put screws and pins on you, but the good Lord has to heal you. A doctor can't heal you. A man can't heal you. Why no? But uh, nothing against doctors at all. Thank the Lord we have them. That way when you have kids, you can go to the doctor and, you know, when you're pregnant and you don't have to do it at home. That'd be awful. <laughs> Man. I'd be gone. I'm going fishing. Call me when that thing's here. Um... But he said, um, the doctor had given him some tests and said, well, you have this problem. Well, they went back to the doctor, I mean, for their uh, test results. <clears throat> well, in the meantime, he had got into the Word. And he had found some scriptures. And he said, if I was, I mean, if he did, then I was. And if I was, then I am. If Jesus really did go to the cross, if by his stripes I was healed, then I am healed. And he stood on that word. And he, he had some other scriptures he was standing on. So he goes to the doctor. The doctor comes out and says, oh, you've got this problem. You've got to take all these medicines. And he said, nope. Basically, I'm just here to shut my wife up, make her happy. He said, but God healed me. So they left. So I remember people talking about him, saying how stupid he was, and his wife wanted to crawl under the table, how humiliated he was. And I remember even as a young man, not knowing a whole lot, I thought to myself, sound like he just believes God. <laughs> he really believes that he healed all my diseases. And I thought, I had to be more bold. I mean, that was bold to say that. I, don't, I didn't really think he was that crazy, to be honest with you. And now all these years have gone by, like 20, 25, 30 years. That's a long time ago. I re reflect back on it, and I think, yeah, he wasn't crazy. He just took a scripture. He just took the word and said, I believe it. Am I telling you to go home right now and take all your medicine and just chunk it in the garbage? Well, no, I'm not saying that. That's like saying, uh, I don't believe that, uh, you know, you know, pray, praying a prayer of protection and just running out 31 in front of a car and saying God's going to protect me. No, the word of God says not to test him. But do I believe God heals you? I believe if you stand on the word, if I believe, do I believe if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that you'll have what you say? Yes. Why? Because Mark 11 tells you. Many other scriptures do too. Matthew 21 tells you. The Bible's full of it. We just read it. Psalms 103, 1 through 3 heals all your diseases. Amen. But people will criticize you, and people will say, that faith business, that faith business. Well, if you don't believe in the faith business, you're not saved. Because you got saved by faith. You had to have faith to get saved. 
That's what being a Christian is, is faith. Everything I do is in faith. I took my tithes this morning, put them in an envelope, put them in that drop box back there in faith. I sowed in faith. I will reap in faith. I will say what the scripture says. That he will open up windows of heaven. He will pour it out. I'm righteous. The righteous won't be uh, forsaken. I'm not going to be begging bread. I believe what the Word says. I believe He'll provide all my needs according to His riches and glory. I have faith in that. I have faith that I'm going to heaven. I have faith that God's going to provide for me. I have faith in healing as well. Everything you do is in faith. That's what being a believer is about, is believing. So if you say, I don't know about that faith business, I mean, um, Romans, uh, I mean, Ephesians, the second chapter, eighth verse, says, by grace, you, you and I, We've been saved through what? Through faith. Not of yourselves. No, you can't save yourself. It's a gift of God. But what's it say? By grace, you have been saved through faith. The grace provided it to you. You receive it through faith. Grace provided healing to you. You receive it through faith. Grace provides a lot of things to you. You receive it through faith. So to say, I don't believe in all that faith stuff. Well, I mean... Uh, that part I don't understand. It's not faith stuff. I mean, it's, it's called being a Christian. It's not stuff. It's who you are. Praise the Lord. Mark 11 belongs to us, as do all the scriptures. And the Word of God says that uh, two or three witnesses shall every word be established. I want to show you Matthew 21 22 and whatever things you ask in prayer believing you will receive how many things whatever things some scriptures some translations say all things whatever things whatever all things whatever you ask in prayer but there's that one little one little exception not healing the word doesn't say that Happy marriage, the word doesn't say that. It says all things when you ask, but there's, see that comma? And then it says believing you will receive. That believing part's where we miss it. That one little word right there is where we miss it, the believing part. And I've heard many times people say this, I don't have faith like that. I just don't have faith like that. Well, not to be ugly or mean and rude, don't misunderstand me, but if you don't have faith like that, well, get saved. Get saved. If you're saved, you're a believer. And if you're a believer, then you believe. Have you ever said, I'm a believer, but I don't believe? I mean, obviously, it doesn't make one lick of sense. I'm a believer. What do you believe? I believe the Word of God, but I don't believe that part. No, the faith's there. The faith's been deposited into you. You do have the faith to believe. You do have the faith to receive. Amen. We believe in the new birth. The, the old's gone, but behold, all things have become new, that you're a new creation, recreated a new creation. We can believe that, that God can recreate, I mean, brand new, Old's gone new, recreated spirit, that God can do that, but he can't do a repair job on an already existing body. Way easier. If you want to compare the two, way easier. Forgive you for all the sins. I don't think people realize the power of sin. 
They took the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Do you have to, um, talking about believing, if you're a believer, you believe. I'm just reminding you what the Word says. I'm not reminding you to believe because a believer should believe. As believers, we believe what the Word of God says. I remind the kids sometimes, don't forget you, did you get both pair of cleats? Did you get both gloves? Yesterday I took one of them riding. Did you get your helmet? Did you get your boots? Yeah, I got everything, Daddy. Okay, did you, did you get this? Did you get that? I remind them of these things. Why? Because sometimes you forget things, Right? Sometimes you forget things. I, I've forgotten things. I've driven all the way across town and realized I forgot the very thing I needed to take across town. I went to Shaw Building Supply the other day, went in and paid for a five-gallon bucket of sheetrock mud, got in the truck and drove off and drove all the way across town, didn't even go back here and get the sheetrock mud. True story. Get too many things on your mind. Get to thinking about, get, you know, get distracted. But I never called the kids and go, they're at school, you know, answer the telephone. Hey, don't forget to breathe. You're breathing, aren't you? Don't forget. That's how this should be, like breathing. We shouldn't be reminded to breathe. Amen. Uh, me. I've been around some people before. I thought I needed to remind them to breathe. The Romans, the 10th chapter, in the 6th verse, it says, But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Jesus Christ down from above. No, because he's already come down to you and I, right? Or who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring him up from the dead. No, he already raised from the dead on the third day. What happened? He got up and got out of the tomb. Amen. But what does it say? That the word is near you. It's so near you, it says it's in your mouth and in your heart. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. The word is in your heart. When you accept Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, guess what? It's in you. He's in you. You don't leave home without him. He's there. Amen. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. Get it. Once again, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that he has raised from the dead, you will be saved. Notice the order that it comes. Believing, speaking, saving. If he saved you, and then you say, oh, I believe it and I receive it, when would you have the opportunity to do that? When you got to heaven and go, okay, I believe now. Well, if you're going to wait till you get to heaven to start believing, it ain't going to work out good for you. The Word of God makes that plain. Amen. To believe in your heart and confess your, your mouth, you will be saved. That's how you got saved. That's how I got saved. That's how we all got saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto salvation. Salvation is not made unto confession. I just hope you see that what I'm trying to say here. You've got to speak it. The words absolutely have to come out of your mouth. You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Confession is made unto, unto salvation. Um, there's going to be a lot of things you're tempted to say, 
a whole lot of things you're going to be tempted to say that are going to be contrary to this word, which is why in 1 Timothy, he says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. That's What's the fight? You're going to be tempted. Satan's going to try to get you to say things. He's going to try to distract you. He's going to try to get you to take your eye off this word and to look at other things and go, won't you just be real? Won't you just get in touch with the reality? Well, I'm in touch with something, something that is the real reality. Yeah, not fantasy land. I remember this kid used to come over to my house, and he was like 12, and he said he was fishing the Bassmasters Classic. And I remember thinking to myself, at 12 years old, I was thinking, you're not in touch with reality, kid. I used to like to fish a lot, you know, and 12-year-olds aren't usually running the Bassmasters Trail. But fight the good fight of faith, lay hold. Lay hold, take it. It's yours. Lay hold of it. Reach out and grab it. Confess the good confession and... There's a lot of emphasis putting on confession, speaking it, saying it. First Timothy, the 6, 12, like, that's why he's saying fight the good fight of the faith because you're going to be t- tempted to say the wrong thing, the wrong thing, the wrong thing. You know, you're praying for your marriage. Then he does something stupid. Now, I've just come to the altar on Sunday. I've just met with the pastor. I just met with someone at the church or whatever, and we prayed. I found a scripture. Somebody gave me a book, said men's from Mars, women's from Venus, or how to be a godly wife or whatever it is that you're reading. And these are all good things. And um, I'm standing on the word. I will have a good marriage. That man, he is going to come to know the Lord. We're going to have a good marriage, and we're going to set an example for our kids. And Monday, he does something stupid. This is not going to work. I'll never have a good marriage. What an idiot. He's such an idiot. Or it can the tables can be turned the other way. But just Sunday, we were standing on the Word. We were believing in that marriage. We were believing in your answer to prayer, believing in healing, believing in financial needs being met. But then on Monday or Tuesday, something goes wrong, then all of a sudden, see, that's fighting the good fight of faith. Man, you got to lay hold, hang on to that confession. I'm not going to change my confession based off what I see or what I hear out here anywhere else. I'm going to base off what I read with my eyes and hear with my ears out of this word right here and nothing else. You can't be distracted. Satan's going to be over there waving this big red flag, swinging it, trying to get you to take your eye off of Jesus. Just like Peter in the water. There's a storm. He took his eye off. That's been preached a million times. I think everybody's familiar with that. Satan does the same thing to you and me. The bank called. Well, she said, he said, you got more months than money again. Anybody ever had more months than money? And I say stand on the word, confess with your mouth. When you got more months than money, does that mean that you don't have a job, you lay on the couch with the remote control, clicking TV all day, going, my God's going to supply all my needs. I ain't got to go to work. Why, heavens no. Unfortunately, there's some nuts that believe that. I'm not one of them. I go to work every day. And he, you know what? He'll provide you with some work. Yeah, he sure will. Need a little extra money? Sometimes he'll provide you with a little extra work. Sometimes he'll provide you with a good customer to throw you a little tip. 
The Lord works in all kinds of different ways. It's not up to you to figure out how he's going to do it. It's just up to you to trust and to believe and have faith in he is and make that confession. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, let's see, 11.30. I think we can, we can get out here in a few more minutes. About another hour. Now, I want to show you a couple more things. Right here in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the 14th verse. Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession, what we were just talking about, holding fast to your confession. Don't get off of it. Don't let anybody get you off of it. Who cares if they criticize you? Who cares? For we do not have a price a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness? No, because Jesus lived here on earth. He went through everything you've been through. He's experienced all those things. Uh, he was uh, at all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Well, you notice that grace and that mercy that you need to help you in the time of need is all connected to right here where it says that you let, hold fast to your confession. Hold fast to your confession. Why? So that you can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy in the, and, and grace in the time of need. You've got to hold fast to your confession. It's not going into the throne room begging and pleading. I remember when the boys were born. Um, and they were premature, and they only weighed a couple pounds, and I didn't really know the word like I do now, and I, didn't, I knew just enough to be dangerous, but I would pray prayers, crazy prayers. I was going into the, uh, I didn't boldly go into the throne room. I went in there crawling on my hands and knees begging. I just didn't know then what I know now. But uh, fortunately, I was married to somebody that did know then what I know now, and she held fast to the confession, and she just spoke life over them. Now, I knew enough that when the doctors came in and said they're not going to live, they're not going to make it, if they do, they'll have this problem, that problem, rest of their life, all these problems, blah, blah, blah. I knew enough not to receive that, but I wasn't necessarily speaking and confessing the word over them. I just left all that work up to her. You know, because I cut the grass, trimmed the hedges, cooked barbecued chicken, played softball. You know, just let her pray. No, actually, I don't cut grass, trim hedges. I barbecue some chicken, and I never played softball. But that's just the average church-going guy. But somebody's got to cut the grass, trim the hedges, and barbecue the chicken now, so I ain't downplaying that. I don't want to do those things. Well, I'm saying it's not up to your wife to pray. It's not up to your wife to hold fast to that confession. It's not up to your wife to stand on the Word so that your children can live. But I'm glad I had one because they wouldn't be here. That's just the truth. But no matter what the doctor said, the confession never changed. Always stood on the word regardless. Didn't matter what they said. As soon as they walked off, she would say, we don't receive that. We are not accepting that. They will not have Down syndrome or they will not have this. They will not. We're, they're going to have what this word right here says. And I've, I saw that kind of pass before my very eyes. It's too late to tell me healing don't work. It's too late to tell me confession and having faith doesn't work. You've come along too late to tell me that. I 
In John the first, John the fourth, chapter fifteenth verse, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. Once again, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, you have to confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and then what? God abides you in you, and he in you. What did Jesus say to some of the religious people? He said um, that God didn't abide; they live for their father's sake. Or I can't. Brother Buddy, can you quote it? No, he's not qualified to be a preacher either, but we try. But you live for your father Satan or something along those lines. Um, but they weren't confessing Jesus. They were trying to crucify him. Amen. Whoever confesses, there's, it's important what comes out of your mouth. Um, it doesn't say he dwelled he abided in them or dwelled in them as a, um, as a result, or he did dwell in them as a result. And this right here is available to everyone. This right here is available to everyone. Amen? Speaking, confessing, professing, and salvation. I just want you to know, um, confession is made unto salvation. Salvation is a big old word. To save, to rescue, um, to deliver, um, restoration. Talks about a place of safety, um, a life of soundness, health, um, well-being, and um, being preserved from danger and harm. Salvation is a mighty big work in the Greek if you look it up. So confession is made unto salvation. You could apply a lot of things. Confession is made unto healing. Confession is made unto peace. Confession is made unto uh, safety. Confession is made unto my bills being paid. It's what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Now, it's important to believe in your heart. It's not just confessing it with your mouth. You have to believe it into your heart. You've got to believe it in your heart, not a head, a heart. Big difference, huge difference. What about a man that tells a woman, I love you, and he thinks in his head that he really does love her. He really thinks he loves her. And then he dates another girl. No, she dumps him. He dates another girl. I love you. I love you. Maybe dates another one. Anyway, years later, he finds one that he falls in love with, and he realizes, I didn't love any of them. I just thought I loved them in my head. But this one's totally different because I feel it in my heart. Luke's over there tapping on his wife. He said, yeah, it's you, baby. There is a difference. I know there's some people in this room that's been divorced because you know what I'm talking about or been through some bad relationships because you know what I'm talking about. You thought you loved them in your head, but you really didn't. Well, you can think things in your head. It's, it's got to be a heart knowledge. And I don't want to sit there and beat on that horse for a while. But y'all following me? I hope so. All right. How long have I been preaching? Are y'all ready to go home? I don't even know when I started. Some of y'all look perked up. Some of y'all perked up and I just asked that question because is this almost over? Oh, Abraham was an old man, and God spoke to him, and he said, I'm going to give you a son, you and your wife. Now, he's 99, and she's 90, and you're going to have children. Think about it. Does that happen? 
What if a man came down here today who was 99 and he brought in his wife who was 90 and said, hey, the Lord spoke to me and said, we're going to have a kid. And what would you think? I'd like to see that. I mean, that's going to be something. You think you're crazy is what you are. You are nuts. How do you think people thought what they thought about Abraham when he said that? When God said, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham, which is from exalted to father, to father of many nations. You're going to be the father of many nations. Even though you're 99, you're going to be the father of many nations. I mean, does that even make any sense? And when he introduced himself, hey, my name's Abraham. I don't know if you realize this, back in those days, they didn't just name their son. They just didn't pull names out there. They didn't just pull stuff out, you know, like I'm going to name him Ricky and name him Joe and name him Bobby. That's just not the way they did it. Their names actually meant something. So there was something associated to the name. Father of many nations, that's who you are. So he had to start calling himself the father of many nations, even though he wasn't the father of one nation, much less many nations. And he was 99. And it made absolutely no sense whatsoever at all. But that's what God said. That's what God's word said. Could he walk by sight? If he walked by sight, he looked in the mirror and said, there's absolutely no way that this is going to happen. Man, we ain't been out on a Saturday night in a lot of years. Y'all know what I'm saying. They're 99 and 90. Don't matter what God say. So in Romans, the fourth chapter, therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, that's you and I, not only those are of the law, but also those are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, that's us, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as, uh, do not exist as though they did. He was calling it before it existed. Call things that are not as though they do. Call things, we sing a song, dead things are coming to life. You know what? Calling things that are, appear to be dead, that they don't exist as though they do. That's why Abraham was saying, I'm a father of many nations. God gave me a promise. I stand on it and I believe it and I'm going to confess it with my mouth. Despite what I see, despite what everybody, despite what the doctor says, I'm going to confess this. I'm standing on this. You and I have to do the same thing. This old, this isn't a bunch of Old Testament hoofla. This is the word of God that's written for you and I, examples that we need to apply to our everyday life. Call things are not as though they were. Why are you calling yourself healed when it's obvious that you're not? Well, if I was healed, I wouldn't have to call myself healed because I'd be healed. But I, in fact, I've got a fever, so I'm going to call myself healed. Because the word says so. The word says by his stripes you were healed. Am I denying the facts? No, but my faith's going to change the facts. See, it's not being stupid and going, um, you know, we're in the baseball game and you're down by a couple points and you gather your team together and go, I know we're down by a couple points. I know that scoreboard says six to four, but don't pay attention to that. We're really winning. Now the scoreboard says six to four. But guess what? I got faith in you guys. You've been practicing. You've been working hard. You've been hitting, throwing, catching. I have faith. I believe in y'all. 
that we can change that scoreboard. The report of the doctor came. Yep, there it is. I can see it. But you know what? I have faith that that report's going to change because I've got faith in the Word. They say you can get over into focusing on just a report or just a scoreboard. Are y'all with me? I hope so. It says, Abraham, who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. He didn't look at the situation. He didn't look at his age. He didn't look at anything surrounding him. He's focused on what the Word of God says, the Word of the Lord, the promise. That's what you and I have got to do. Boy, that just rings volume to me. I on what? The author and perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Talking about baseball, keep your eye on what? The ball. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that he had promised, uh, that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Now get a hold of that. Fully convinced. Abraham was fully convinced. Fully persuaded. Are you fully convinced? Are you fully persuaded? You've got to be fully persuaded that God can do what he said he can do. You've got to be fully persuaded that God did what he said he's already done. Fully persuaded. This isn't a he might, you never know. Stand back and watch. God's sovereign. He makes, he might, he might not. God is sovereign. That means nothing happens that he doesn't, that it doesn't pass through his hands first. You know what? If, if you want to run out there in the road standing in front of traffic, that's your choice. Will he allow you to do it? Absolutely. If that's what you want to do, it's your life, your own free will, your own choice. If you want to go to hell, you can. If you want to go to heaven, you can. Your free choice. He will allow it. But if, if somebody runs out in the road stands in front of a truck, some people will say, never know when God's going to take you. That's as far from unscriptural as you can possibly be. I never know when he's going to take you. I mean, I'm laughing because it's so silly. Wow. I know a fellow one time that, talking about me and Scott going riding, he was drunk. Tore up from the floor up. Out in the woods, on the side of this big mountain. Rolled to the bottom and died. And the people gathered around and said, never know when God's going to take you. I thought to myself, even then as a 20-year-old, he was drunk on the side of a mountain. God did that? Wow. That's weird. Now I look back and realize people just don't know. They just don't know. And therefore is accounted to him as righteousness. You know what? If you keep reading, it says that uh, it was imputed to us who believe in him. Um, it was imputed not only imputed to him, but it was imputed to us who believed that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. That's talking about you and I. This has been imputed to us. Amen. Was this Abraham's might? Was it his power? No. Zechariah 4, chapter 6, verse says, Not by our might, not by our power, but in spirit says the Lord. Abraham didn't muster up the strength to have a baby at 99. And you won't either. You won't muster up the strength to get yourself saved. You won't muster up the strength to get yourself healed. You have to do the same thing Abraham did. Stand fast. Lay hold. Hang on to what God said. Amen? 
In 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, the 7th verse, and I put a lot of scriptures on here because I want you to write them down. I want you to get them. I want you to see that that's what it says out of the Bible, that I'm not just randomly making it up as we go. But for we walk by faith, not by sight. What would have happened if Abraham would have walked by sight? Would they have had Isaac? Why no? What about situations in your life that you can think of walking by faith or walking by sight? Or you may be in a situation right now where you're walking by sight and you're saying it doesn't look too good. Well, anybody, in, anybody uh, an atheist, a Muslim, a Buddhist, anybody can walk by sight. Anybody. Anybody. Anybody can say, I'll believe it when I see it. No, you're going to have to believe it before you see it or you ain't going to see it. That's not faith. Faith is believing in your heart and confessing in your mouth that you'll have those things. And once you believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth, then you'll receive them. We just read it in Mark. Amen. I'm going to close right here with this. I'm going to just give you one last scripture right here. Isaiah the 53rd. Surely... Our sickness he hath borne, and our pains he hath carried them. And we, we have esteemed him plagued, smitten of God, and afflicted. And he is pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace is on him, and by the bruise there is healing to us. In different translations, by his stripes we were healed. So I want you to go back to what I said in the beginning. If he was, and we were, and if we were, then I was, and if I was, then I am. First Peter, the second chapter, 24th verse. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on a tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Well, if he was, we were, and if we were, I was, and if I was, I am. That's how you got to look at it. That's how you got to look at it. When you're trying to approach healing, or you're trying to stand on the word of God, you've got to say, if I was, then I am. By his stripes, we were is a past tense, past tense. Not you might be or one day possibly or not. We were. If we were, then I am. That's how you got to approach the situation. You got to change your thinking. I am. I am forgiven and I am healed. I am forgiven and I am healed. You don't look forgiven. Well, look at yourself. You don't look healed. Well, hide and watch. Keep sticking around. I am healed. You don't look it. Well, the word says I am. We don't base, I said the other day about having some symptoms. Sometimes you have symptoms of unrighteousness, don't you? Does that mean you're not saved? Well, sometimes you have sickness, uh, symptoms of the curse. You have some sickness. Does that mean that Jesus didn't go and provide healing to you? Why well, no. Matthew the 8th chapter, 17th verse. That it might be fulfilled which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. I just wanted to show you several references right here. He himself took our infirmities. Did he do it? And I am. And bore our sicknesses. Did he do it? If he did it, then we were. And if we were, I was. And if I was, I am. Amen. Look at it like this. Um, would you want to receive partial inheritance? No. Look, 
my daddy's sitting right there. I got a, two mamas and two daddies. I'm, I do. I was double blessed, so take that. See, some people look at, as, look at it as, oh, you know, hey, I got two of each, so there you go. Well, one day they're going to go home to be with Jesus, and one day they're going to leave me something. might be a cast iron skillet. That might be all I get, but I want it. My mama says, this is a cast iron skillet. I used to fry your pork chop say when you came out for football practice, and I want you to have it. I want it. That's my inheritance, cast iron skillet. I want that whole cast iron skillet. You understand what I'm saying? Well, you know what? You're children of God. And you know what? There's an inheritance. And healing, I want it all. Provision, I want it all. Forgiveness, I want it all. I want everything that that cross provided for me. I want everything that I'm entitled to. I want the whole 10 yards, not 9 yards. Never understood that. I want the whole 9 yards. I, don't, I still don't understand. 10 yards for a first down, isn't it? I want the whole kit and caboodle. I want the whole inheritance. Dang, it's quiet here. Do y'all not want y'all's inheritance? Do you not want what Jesus provided for you? Amen. Believe it in your heart. Confess it with your mouth. Praise the Lord. Well, let's close. And uh, we're building here. I want you to understand. Somebody said, well, why don't you just have an altar call every Sunday? 